I think the starting point is to wind the clock back to 2015. And we were doing loads of race equality work at the university at that time. And uh, in particular, looking at data sets, which were intersectional. So they were charting the student journey from admission to graduate um, outcome. And for me, that was um, really eye-opening to see that the national picture in terms of underperformance of ethnic minorities in the labour market was actually um, happening within our own walls. And I felt really uncomfortable about the fact that it was time to change mm -hmm. and time to sort of move away from just having the same conversations about race and actually turn that into action. We conducted quite an extensive consultation exercise in 2017, essentially asking people what are the barriers that you have faced um, in advancing your career and also what do you see as the key skills that the future labour force needs in order to meet the challenges that we as yet um, haven't defined. And um, yeah, and we also worked really closely with students, and Zab, yeah. you were really key in that conversation. Yeah, no one advises you or gives, tells you how to handle racism if you ever come against it. And I'm from London, and no one had really drawn that much attention to my race growing up. My classes and my classes and school and teachers were really diverse, and I almost came into to, to uni under this kind of illusion, naively, that racism doesn't really exist much in the UK, and then. I arrived in Bristol and I was pretty very wrong um, <laughs> but I think um, I was keen I, I'm quite a competent person I was able to sort of challenge some of the instances of racism that I saw I'm very aware that lots of students don't have that sort of confidence or it's easy for particularly BAME students to feel isolated if, if they're in a classroom where they're the only person that looks like them so yeah I was keen for there to be this kind of for students to be able to develop a toolkit of and, and have an open discussion in a safe space about what it means to, to be um, an ethnic minority at a university in the UK. And then I think the second point was about the historical focus. I think um, it's really easy, and I th well, I think Bristol does a great job of disguising and camouflaging its ugly history. Absolutely. And um, it, it's kind of it's scary because it's in your face. It's, on Colston Hall, it's on the Wills Memorial Building that sits at the top of Park Street, which is like the the focal point of Bristol. Bristol's involvement in the slave trade is right there to be seen, and yet so many students can come here and any idea that yeah, this is the epicenter of Britain's involvement in the slave trade, and that however many years later, um, Bristol was also key to we had we had the Bristol bus boycott, which which drew, like Martin Luther King knew about it. I think that should be celebrated. And again, you might hear the odd thing about it in Black History Month, but I was keen for students to kind of have this sort of thrown in their faces. Um, and that's what happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting actually that you talk about Bristol's um, roots, deep roots um, in uh, the slave trade and actually makes you think that um, some of the work that we've been doing might serve as some reparatory justice mm -hmm. um, because I remember when we were talking about introducing positive action which is essentially what equity is where we are delivering 75% of the program just to ethnic minority students there was a real nervousness around that amongst certain quarters about well is this uh, discriminating against white students or is this giving an unfair advantage to a group which time upon time statistics reveal that they are at a, uh, they are several steps behind um, from the starting line mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, career prospects, 
pay gap, um, earnings potential. Um, so I was very comfortable that actually positive action is what was required and we have to be disruptive. And then you make the link back to the bus boycott. And of course, we are standing on the shoulders of giants in Bristol. Um, but there is, uh, there has been a real spirit of activism amongst the equity team mm -hmm. to make sure that we really change the conversation around race. And without a doubt, it has led to a sea change across the institution for us to now be having more frequent conversations about race, um, which can only be a good thing. Yeah. And then it's just about how do we convert that into uh, positive outcomes. And I think we've because the t different types of events that we've had have been so wide-ranging. We had that Windrush event last year and I was lucky mm -hmm. enough to be to meet and have a conversation with Roy Hackett who was one of the founders of the Bristol Bus Boycott movement. Like that sort of, I think I'll cherish that moment forever, even though it was so really, really small and it sounds kind of cliche, but to meet someone who, who had, was, I don't know, could be viewed as radical really inspired me to be and he, he's still going strong he's in his 90s and he was dancing around to the music bands that we had playing at this event yeah. I think and to meet other members of the Windrush generation who like my grandparents came here in the 50s 60s um, and see that they all knew each other made me realise okay Bristol is there was this sort of unity in Bristol and I think we've kind of lost that a bit um, and equity hopefully is, is, is part of building that again yeah, that was a real honour for us, actually, to be yeah. um, invited by um, the Lord Mayor's office and the museums to be part of um, that celebration to mark 70 years since um, the first uh, Windrush um, uh, arrival in Bristol. Um, and, yeah, I th it felt really appropriate that we were part of marking mm -hmm. that because it's such a they have made such a significant contribution, not just to Bristol's economy, but actually nationally, if you think about the contribution of ethnic minorities to our public sector frontline services um, and we are trying to keep that type of context going with some of the speakers that we're bringing into equity who are all sort of uh, very established distinguished in their respective fields um, to hammer home the message that ethnic minorities are positively contributing to innovation economic prosperity in Britain um, and um, our culture is only an advantage in terms of bringing that plurality of thought to the table yeah I think um, one of the kind of precursors to equity was that talk that Tunde did, Tunde Okawale did here, um, I think it was like February, March 2017. Yeah. And um, I was lucky, I was asked to kind of open a talk and talk about my experiences um, of being a student here at, at UE. And then my talk actually had lots of overlap, well, his, yeah, with his talk. And um, I'll never, again, never forget that he said diversity isn't about. Um, diversity of colour and different, the, yeah, different having different colours in the room. It's about the diversity of thought, and it's not enough to just box tick and find. Sorry, uh, find students from find graduates from different backgrounds. Yeah, from different yeah. backgrounds. Yeah, um, I did some work experience at a law firm and um, quite a big law firm, and I was buddied up with. They buddied you up. There were ten of us on work experience, and I was buddied up with the one black um, uh, trainee lawyer there. Um, I think and it's just, they just assumed that we would have loads in common, and we we really <laughs> didn't. I had loads more in common with the white blonde girl from Durham, but because just because we looked the same doesn't mean 
we had completely different backgrounds. Yeah, um, which is actually what the mentoring strand with Equity has really worked hard to achieve to make sure that the matching process mm-hmm. um, that the mentoring um, coordinator uh, invests in makes sure that students are matched with someone who really reflects their values. Mm-hmm their um, lived experience and also their future ambitions. So students do have the option of having a white ally as a mentor. We don't just assume that all BME uh, professionals are going to be able to relate to BME students. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's um, that's important. Tunde also said something really, um, well, he says very profound things, <laughs> but one of, um, something that he said in that, that first um, presentation that he gave in 2017 was, um, He talked about the violence of low expectations on people's career trajectories. And it wasn't that students themselves have low expectations, it's that institutions or organisations or educators might have low expectations of BME students. And um, I think without a doubt, there's much more work for institutions to do there. But what's been really positive is that lots of organisations are now recognising that they have got a problem with inclusion and they've also partnered with us over the course of the last couple of years to make sure that um, they're creating an inclusive workplace so that on the one hand, we're developing student skill set, but they're doing the work to make sure that they're creating an environment which is going to allow people to get the, um, you know, a happy, po- positive work experience, mm-hmm. but also to get the best out of them. Um, and actually increasingly what we're trying to do is encourage employers and organisations to think about capacity building for their own equity activity. Uh, this year we've had quite a lot of success with um, TLT solicitors and they've they reached out to us to say they want to do more to attract a, a diverse talent pool. And um, so we piloted a series of seminars which they hosted at their offices and they focused on discrete areas of legal practice or discrete areas of skills. So they did one on AI mm-hmm. and technology. They did another session on commercial awareness. But I think that Uh, And then they also involved their own practitioners to run those sessions. And that's the key, really, in terms of mindset. Because quite often, um, we host employers up up a campus, which, of course, we know is great because the students are there. But we also need to put a bit more pressure onto organisations to step up and do some of the work. So having more of their team involved in those seminars, I think, has been really beneficial for them. And, And next year, they've already got several events planned like that. We're now having those conversations with other employers. Yeah, and I think it's huge for undergraduate students to to have a go at being in that sort of space. And and I think the equity program helps to with the coaching, the leadership coaching, and and the fact that you network with people who who day to day take up that space. It encourages you to feel like okay, I can I, I belong. Why don't I belong here? It, it was kind of surprising to see that there were so many people in Bristol, BAME professionals um, have the chance to meet them. I think without students need that sort of interaction to see, one, to see themselves represented in a, in a workforce, and two, to, to have the chance to kind of look up to someone and say, okay, they've done it, probably under more difficult circumstances than I might have to, let, what, what, what's stopping me from going and, and emulating their success? I think definitely students that have taken part in the mentoring and, and other aspects of the programme and those that are taking part in the coaching element of it, they, I'm hearing in terms of feedback that students feel much more control about in control in, of their futures. Yeah, lots of students don't have that sort of interaction and I was lucky that I got involved 
and in projects like Equity, um, and was able to kind of prepare for my future before it even started. I think the qu- big question is what's stopping you? Is what Equity really encourages students to ask themselves? And the answer is probably nothing. Probably nothing. 